You're listening to an ILX podcast. Welcome back to our Product in 15 Minutes podcast series, in which we explore some of our most popular and most talked about products in greater detail. Next up is change management with our change management lead trainer, Andy West. Most of us are not the biggest fans of change. It's uncomfortable and it's often hard to deal with, yet it's at the heart of almost every project. Andy breaks down why managing change is important in projects, what the change management qualification is and how it could be useful to you. We hope you enjoy the podcast and if you want to get in touch with us, all of our contact details will be at the end. Hi. I'm Andy West. I'm a senior training consultant at ILX. Welcome to this podcast on change management. We'll have a look at what change management is, why is it important, um, and why you might want to actually look at it. So I've been involved in projects and change for far longer than I wish to remember. and I'm the lead trainer for change management within ILX. Change management is a syllabus that looks at how people change, not just the delivery of change. All of you have probably bumped into projects and always projects say, and projects introduce change. So why do you need change management as well? Well, projects tend to focus on what you deliver, the thing, the capability, the shiny box. And then to get change to happen, we've actually got to get people to use that shiny box. So change really is about capability, the thing your project delivers, the ability of the users to actually use it, which is, have they been trained, do they understand it, and finding their willingness Do they want to change? And this is a bit trickier. This is a bit more difficult. Do you ever get complaints in your organisation about change? There's too much change going on. It's change for change's sake. Or the classic one of, I'm too old to learn new things. Change is not for me. When we look at change, anybody can change. It's the willingness to change. The first training manager I worked for had a fantastic love for the kind of brain theory. And the classic one here of, I'm too old for change. The brain has a huge capacity. It's not quite unlimited, but we really haven't tapped out everything you can actually put into it. The problem we most of us have is the filing system. of We can't find stuff, and therefore if we don't try and put new stuff in there, then we lose it somehow into the filing system. It's a matter of how do I learn stuff? And if I'm willing to learn, then I can change. So the classic thing here is, is we don't get old because we stop playing. But if we stop playing, we do get old, and therefore we don't change because we're not willing to do those sorts of things. Change management is trying to encourage this kind of thought process in your organisation, in your staff. And so it's trying to make sure that people don't just complain about it. They kind of go, well, what, is there something interesting in it? What bit might I like? And if you get interested in one bit, that may be something else a bit later on. So should we start small? Well, why not? It's a lot easier. One of the things you often hear about change management is change management and agile. Agile, the development method, which looks at putting things in early, smaller pieces, and building it iteratively. That means people get used to small changes rather than big lumps of change. Now, that may be much easier for your people, because although there's lots of change, it's smaller bits that they can actually digest and get hold of, which makes it much easier to do the changes they go through. So part of what we have to look at here is strategies for change. What's the best way of doing it for an organisation? Sometimes called transition. We're moving people from the old way of doing things to the new way of doing things. Studies tell us that if we don't do transition or change very well, then 80% of projects can fail to realise some kind of change, which basically means we spend lots of money 
and nothing changes. On the other hand, the research also tells us if we're good at this, 80% of our changes result in proper change and real benefits for the organisation. So we should look at the people side of it. There's an interesting contradiction. As project managers, we're normally picked because of our technical skill and therefore we focus on the capability, the box, the shiny bit of thing that we know all about. And then lurking to one side is another work stream called stakeholder engagement. Talking to the people. Unfortunately, because it's not our area of skill, we're going to go, I'll do a communications plan, that'll be enough. What the research tells us is often it's not. It's not something that just happens. It's something you've got to spend time and effort on. And in fact, sometimes have special resources. So a change manager to work alongside you as the project manager. Or maybe if you prefer dealing with people, you're the change manager and somebody else can look after the shiny bits and pieces. So that's our kind of thought process. That's what we're going to have a look at today. The course we run at ILX is actually accredited by APMG International, who run quite a number of project management and change management courses. Their course covers four major areas that we have to look at. We've got change in the individual, which is you and I. How do we react to change? Do we want to change? What happens to us as we change? And looks at some thought processes about how we might, as an organisation, kind of deal with those sorts of things. So we look at the Kubler-Ross curve, which was originally developed for people facing terminal illness or death. And we refer to it when we look at it as the change curve. Because change, to a degree to some people, feels much the same. And they go through the same kind of emotions, even if it's positive. We look at Bridges Transition, which just helps an organisation think about what do people need as they go through this process. We also start to look at you as individuals and look at Myers-Briggs and see how the mind change that's going to work. Importantly, one of the things to support change in the individual is learning. Without learning, we're going to stay as we were. So some of the writers who look at change actually say that... If you look at learning, it's about individual change. A new look at the world, new experiences, new skills, a different way of interacting with what's going on. And that's what changing the individual is all about. Helping our people look at where they want to go and helping them with that particular process. The second part of the syllabus is changing the organisation. And this is looking at more strategies for change, about how do organisations work and about how we might actually get the organisation to change. There's quite a number of areas to look at here. So we look at things like culture, how do we behave in the organisation, and how might that assist or resist change, because culture can be a huge force for both of those things. We look at how organisations work, the metaphors. Do you work in a machine? Do you work in a flux and transformation organisation? Which basically means chaos in action. You can do all sorts of changes. You have the authority to do so. In a machine, you don't. You get told from the top that the change is going to be like this. And therefore, how you introduce change in these different sorts of organisations can be quite different. We also look at a number of theories, strategies for change. So we're going to look at Peter Senge, we look at Kurt Lewin, and we look at John Cotter. Three commonly used strategies for implementing change within the organisation. The meat, perhaps, of the change management qualification is stakeholder and communication. Because if we understand who our people are, what makes them tick? If we understand the organisation and how we might throw a strategy in place to get it to work, what we've now got to do is actually talk to people and hopefully get them to understand what we need them to do and why we need to do it. This is the primary part of change. If you can engage with your stakeholders effectively, if you can get them to understand what's going on and why it's so important, then they might change. So 
we look at the principles of stakeholder engagement. We look at how we might identify them, how we might categorise and prioritise them. And we start to look at some of the kind of strategies for mobilisation, for interaction. Things like emotion, because people always buy with emotion rather than facts. That's been seen quite a few times over the last couple of years. So stakeholder communication looks at the background people stuff, how do I analyse them, and then the communication about what tools do I have? How am I going to do it? How much is it going to cost? Because oddly it's going to cost quite a bit. And what tools we might use? All the various social media and other sorts of communication tools we have available to make sure it's going to work. Finally, the last part of this syllabus is change readiness, which is really about the organisation. Are we ready to change? Is it going to work? Have we got enough people to support it? So we look at things like what resistance there is to change in the organisation. What kind of symptoms are you going to get? Is it just going to be people disappearing rather than turning up to meetings and listening? Are you getting some active sabotage as they try and destroy things? All of which have been seen in the past. It also looks at building things called a change agent network. Have we got people across the organisation who can support the change? Who can help with what's going on? Who can provide advice and support to project managers and other people who might want to go through this? There you have the syllabus. Change management. Four major areas. Change in the individual, change in the organisation, stakeholder communications and finally change readiness. So I guess the question here now is, who's this appropriate for? Who wants to do change management? Personally, I think any project manager if you're focusing on projects and you're just looking at the technical side, you're missing at least half of the work you've got to do, and therefore change management will help you understand what's going on. However, if you work in programs, you will need change managers as well. So do you need the change management skills? Do you understand how you're going to get that kind of transition, that buy-in from all these people that you affect? For different organisations, this can be a huge list of people. So. How about your HR departments? How about organisational development people? Senior managers who wish to introduce change across an organisation, if you have an understanding of change management and the sorts of concerns and feelings that people are going to throw up as you go through this process, change management will help all of you with this kind of process. If you've already got things like PRINCE2 or the APM qualifications, this becomes a really useful add-on to your skill set. It takes a small area of those, communication, stakeholder engagement, and adds a lot more background, a lot more theory. If you like psychology, this will appeal hugely. So if you like thinking about people and why on earth they're doing things, this might answer some of those questions for you. What do people get wrong about change management? One of the classic ones you always hear is, people will change in the end. In the end, people don't like change. There's actually a thing called homeostasis, which is the natural ability of things to return to what they were. So you throw in a change, you get everybody enthusiastic, and they start changing and they go, hang on, I can't remember that bit. I know, I'll just substitute it with something we used to do. And then the next bit I'll substitute that as well. Oh, it's easy to do this other bit the old way rather than the new way. And before you know where you are, you're back to where you started. And you've got to start the whole process all over again. And there are a number of narrative examples of organisations that have done the same change three or four times. With the same results, it still doesn't work. The other big misconception about this, it's free. It's just something the project manager does. As I said earlier on, if you're a technical project manager, you'll focus on your area of expertise. You'll focus on your comfort zone, like all of us. And therefore, you won't look at this, because it doesn't matter how difficult the technology is. 
people can always be more difficult than technology. And I guess that's why you all need this particular course. Thanks for listening. This has been Andy West for ILEX. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. And if so, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can also check out our website. It's ilxgroup.com or you can follow us on social media if you like. We are ILX Group on Facebook, LinkedIn and Google Plus and at ILX Group on Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can also send an email to contact us at ilxgroup.com or you can give us a call on 01270 if you're in the UK. 1300 459 459 for Australia, 09367 for New Zealand, and 0561 496 498 for the United Arab Emirates.